Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. We got real quiet up and around the association for quite some time. In fact, seemingly too quiet. Suspiciously quiet. And then Woj comes through and drops one of the biggest Woj bombs ever. Right on top of that silence, it was a Woj nuke. And now Damian Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck. So that might take a minute or two to get used to. But what an amazing day for the Bucks! A truly epic day for my Wisco fam. Great day for the Bucks. Terrible day for the Heat. Sad day for the Blazers. I say sad because Dame clearly wanted to start and end his career there. Just not more than he wanted to win a ring. Clearly, his preference was to win a ring in Portland. But when the Blazers made it clear that they really couldn't or really didn't want to do what was necessary to surround him with the help necessary to get him that ring, then he had to go. I mean, you sure as hell can't blame him for wanting out. He was all in with the Blazers. And while the organization did love him, does love him, and paid him, they were not willing to do what they had to do to make him and themselves legitimate title contenders. So they moved him. And it was the right move. Now, maybe not to his first choice, Miami, but probably to the best choice. If he wants to win a ring, then this is the better move. Milwaukee gives him a better shot than Miami would have. As for Portland, given what they were dealing with, I think the Blazers made out pretty well in this deal. It's just too soon to tell exactly how well because we have to see what they get for Drew Holiday, who you know they will move. And we also have to see how DeAndre Ayton shows up once he gets there, if he's better or worse for that deal. Because clearly the Suns were over him and have been. But so far, so good for Portland. Dame makes out great. I think Portland did well in the deal. And as for Milwaukee, got to give them credit. Credit for listening to your superstar and credit for taking the big swing and getting this done. Giannis has made it very clear that he's in it to win it. Still, he said out loud on more than one occasion he wants another ring. And if Milwaukee was not going to do everything it could to afford him that opportunity, ultimately he was going to go someplace else and try to get it done. So the Bucks got the message. They went out and they got him what he needed. It's a badass move. A badass move that I think should placate the big fella and possibly make the Bucks the team to beat. If not that, if not overall, then certainly the team to beat in the East. So he gets what he wants. Dame gets what he wants, each other, and a damn good look at the Larry O. Like, I want to say that everybody involved actually made out pretty well. Everybody wins, including the Suns, who are also all about winning it right now. That hasn't changed. But the one team that's not involved, that most people foolishly thought was the only team involved, the Miami Heat, are the big losers here. Not only do they not get a star player, who made it abundantly clear that that's where he wanted to be, and they still didn't pull the trigger to go get him, They let him go to one of their best competitors in the East. So one of the teams that they have to go through to get back to the finals just got so much better, and the Heat themselves have done nothing to improve themselves. And how the hell does that happen? Since when does Pat Riley not get what he wants? 
since when does Riley not make the big move to put his franchise over the top? Get a grip. Did he just play himself and assume like all those NBA dopes on the X that he had all the leverage because Dame made it clear that that's where he wanted to be? I mean, there's no way a guy that sharp thought that his team was the only team in play for Dame, right? So if that's not the case, then what is it? What happened? Did they not have enough assets to make that deal? Did he really think that he had that hammer only to get worked by the Blazers who found somebody else to deal with? I don't know. Who knows? But this much I do know. Dame wanted to go there, and if they didn't do everything in their power to get this guy, that is a colossal mistake because star players do not come free very often. And if a star player goes to the highest rooftop he can find and screams out loud, I want to play there, I want to be there, and says it over and over again, then you get that deal done. And the Heat didn't. So to me, they're the big losers in all of this. And for those of you, another layer, for those of you trying to act or say that Portland did Dame dirty by not giving him exactly what he wanted, they didn't. They didn't at all. They just didn't send him to his preferred destination. But it's not like they sent him to some bottom feeder or a lottery team or Siberia. They sent him to a team that can win it all and win it all right now. They actually did a really nice job of handling that balancing act of taking care of arguably their best player ever, while at the same time doing what was best for the organization. So no, of course they didn't do Dame dirty. Dame is happy. Trailblazer fans should be happy with what they got for him in return. Again, provided they turn Drew Holiday into some more nice assets and Aiden takes his game to the next level. Everybody's happy, right? Eh, not everybody. Let's not get into that just yet. I'll tell you one guy is probably not happy at all. Himmy. Himmy Buckets. And can you blame Himmy? I can't blame Himmy if he is pissed. And I'm sure he is. Now, I can blame him for one thing. I can blame him for that goofy Instagram story that he dropped right after the trade. Yo, NBA, man. Y'all need to look into the Bucks for tampering. Y'all do. I'm just going to put that out there. Y'all didn't hear it from me, but I heard it through somebody. Y'all look at him for I mean, dude, is that a joke? If it is, it's kind of a cringy joke. If you're serious, it's even more cringy. I mean, you know I love me some Hemi. Love this dude. Love him. But I- I'm hoping that's just a really lame attempt at humor. Tampering? Dude, Dame has been saying for months... He would only show up for the heat. If anything needs to be investigated, it's that. Either that or why this superstar publicly said over and over again that he wanted to come to your team. And then your team didn't do everything in its power to make that happen. Investigate that, my dude. But, but, I do definitely understand why Himmy is put out. I get why he might be calling this highway bleeping robbery. You know, like he called the cost of filling up his Bugatti earlier this week. This is highway f***ing robbery. Man, I'm trying to get some of this gas back. Hey, you think if I go in there and tell them that I put the wrong gas in here, they'll give me a refund? This is crazy. I'm going electric. Can y'all believe it costs 
$145 to fill up a Bugatti? Like, this is crazy, Avery, you feel me? Unheard of, man. Bugattis, man. My man, I'm not sure that anybody does feel you. I haven't done the research on this, but don't they make like 100 Bugattis a year, max? Don't they make like one Bugatti a year? Bro, who can feel you? The other four owners of the Bugatti that was made this year? What do you mean, can I feel you? I think they make 80 cars a year, for real. Yeah, I, I guess 79 other people can feel you. My man, no. No, Hemi, we can't feel you. We can't feel you that it costs 145 bucks to fill up your Bugatti when your Bugatti costs over a million. Dude, we all have cars that are nowhere near that expensive that cost so much that much to fill up. What's the difference? Highway bleeping robbery, yo. You know what a highway bleeping robbery is? The Milwaukee Bucks ripping Dame from you and changing the balance of power in your conference. That's highway bleeping robbery. But but again, I know why Himmy's bent. Not because of the buck 45 that it took to fill up the Bugatti. I'm talking basketball. Himmy knows what's up. He knows that they were a miracle last year. That they were a playing team that almost didn't even play in. That was up against it. And somehow turned that into a run to the finals. And he knew the chances of that happening again were already pretty low. And then he saw Dame go to Milwaukee, and now he knows the chances of that happening again are pretty much zero. So I could see where he's put out. But not about the Bugatti, no, bro. I don't feel you about how expensive it is to fill up the Bugatti. That I don't feel. I mean, good on you, man. I wish I had one. But I wouldn't be complaining about what it costs to fill it up. Clones, what do you want when you're craving protein or you need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. You want beef, pure and simple. Where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper Beef Jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Old Trapper Beef Jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. It's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for its relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein. It comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest. It goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. Clones, if you do not see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Not when the car costs over a mil. So for Portland, it's the end of an era. But at least Dame went out all class and left you with a song. Because, of course, Dame dropped a track. 
He dropped a track to commemorate the trade, a track called Farewell. I continue leaving trails, but won't be for the Blazers. To the fans, man, I love you. It's unconditional. Reasons for me leaving the city's nothing typical. So it's imperative not to believe the narrative. Just know that what I left is better than what I inherited. I leave at peace because I know in the end that this is business. Hope you remember all the things you got to sit and witness. In the future, man, I hope we greet with hugs and kisses. But you should know that they the ones who chose another mission. They fishing. They the ones who chose another mission. They fishing. He's not wrong. This dude, nobody like him. Can't replace him. And I know that he was supposed to be one of the last one franchise superstars in the NBA. And he wanted it that way. But they chose another mission. They gone fishing. My guy did his time in Portland. And he did it better than anybody else. They could never really fully get their act together around him. So now was the time to go. It's fine. I get it. I get it for both sides. They couldn't give him what he needed. So they gave him what he wanted. You should actually put that in that track. They couldn't give him what he needed. So they gave him what he wanted. And for that reason, I think that everybody does win. Again, except the Heat. I don't know. Portland may have looked at Miami's Tyler Hero offer and thought, a sandwich is more than a hero. A sandwich is more than a hero. Yeah, I know, clones. I know. I know. Let me get out in front of it. The women of Portland are drowning their sorrows in patchouli oil, screaming at their houseplants, and cranking Janis Joplin inside their VW buses. Let me talk to you for a moment about one of my favorite products ever, HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? What it is is farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Kickstart a fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up a tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part, and you get to take credit. And when it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every single week. I love it. Comes right to the doorstep, all these tremendous ideas and great meals. Find out for yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Use the code 50Rome for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. Once again, HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Make sure to use the code 50Rome and get 50% off plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh.com slash 50Rome. Mike Elko is my guest. Mike, it is great to have you back on. How are you? I'm great, Jim. I appreciate you. I got to get you to be my hype guy. Dude, you earned it, my man. In fact, I want to make that point, Mike. I'll be your hype guy because rare is the guest that makes it onto this show twice in the span of one month. We do not do that. But what you and your players and coaches are doing right now certainly warrants it. How are things and how do you feel about the group right now as we speak? 
Yeah, I mean, things are great. Obviously, this is a great opportunity for us to get some exposure on the national stage. And um, you were willing to talk to me before we beat Clemson. So I felt like I had to come back on and, and follow up. Maybe that was the lucky charm we needed to get the job done Saturday night. I appreciate that. So listen, before we talk about what's going to happen Saturday night, we got I have to go back to that game against Clemson because you and I did speak before that opener and they were ninth ranked at that time. If we go back to that for a minute, how meaningful, Mike, was that for the program and what you're trying to build to beat the caliber of opponent that you did and get your program's first win over a top 10 team and not only beat them, but beat them the way you did? Yeah, I mean, I think that was huge. I think, obviously, you can talk a lot about confidence and internally what you believe your program's capable of. But, you know, we live in a day and age where you got to go out and you got to make statements like that to get anybody else on board. And so I think it validated a lot of what we've been doing, a lot of what we've been building, uh, and it let a lot of people see what's going on here with Duke football, which obviously is the ultimate goal that we're trying to get done. Duke head football coach Mike Elko joining us once again. You know, watching that game that night from my living room, I could feel how electric it was in Durham. If that's the kind of energy that was in your house that night, how much more electric do you expect it to be when the Fighting Irish come to town this weekend? Yeah, I think we're actually going to double down on that. I think the the student turnout is going to be even larger. I think um, we're going to have even more people in the stands. We're bringing in some portable bleachers to even find some places to put some more people in there. And obviously having game day on campus all day, uh, it should feel like an electric atmosphere from early in the morning all the way through kickoff and hopefully all the way through the end of the game. All right, so Mike, obviously as head coach, the last thing you want to do is make it any bigger than it already is. I'm here to do that for you. I mean, honestly, has this program ever had a game (laughs) of this magnitude in your place or anybody else's place for that matter ever? Is it that big? Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. We did some research looking back, and I don't think we've ever been the primetime ABC game on a Saturday night in the history of Duke football other than the year we played in the ACC championship. And so, um, yeah, I, I think this is in the modern era, certainly the biggest game Duke football has played. Uh, it's the biggest matchup of two ranked teams, in, including Duke. Um, yeah, it's a great stage for us to get on and, and go out there and see what we can get done. Incredible stage, incredible opportunity. Mike Elko is joining us. So not only are you getting ready for a top 20 showdown, you made reference to it, but College Game Day is going to make its first appearance ever on campus. Few schools can match Duke's heritage and basketball basketball how much pride do you and your coaches and players take in elevating the national profile of duke football a lot a lot i think that's that's what we came here for jim it was you know there's a lot of recognition for duke when you go across this country and people recognize the brand and what the university stands for and certainly when you say duke basketball you know there's a level of excellence that people think of and and you know from our perspective we saw an opportunity to take duke football and elevate that into the same type of conversation and you know, i said this at my press conference this week i'm i'm not sure that um i would have bet money on it happening quite this quickly but but that's a test to the kids that we have in this locker room and how hard they've worked and how much they put this thing into it. But we always believe that this is where we could wind up. We always believe that this is what Duke football could become. Um, you know, I think these kids have just done some amazing things to get here a little bit quicker than we maybe thought it could happen. Duke football is our topic. Head coach Mike Elko is my guest. Speaking of the guys, Mike, inside the locker room, you told me four weeks ago that your quarterback, Riley Leonard, was a special dude both on and off the field. Now I think plenty of people around the nation are seeing it you know, given his arm talent and his mobility, all the intangibles, do you think that he's playing his way into potentially being a first-round NFL draft pick? 
Yeah, I think so. I think so because I think, you know, he does he does the thing that NFL's programs value the most and he protects the football. Uh, and if you look at his touchdown to interception rate over his time as a starting quarterback here, it's a lead. And then he's got the athleticism um, to keep plays alive, to, to eliminate bad plays. Uh, he manages the game real well. And then obviously he can distribute the football really well. And so I think as he continues to grow and develop, uh, I think there's there's a really, really bright future for him at the next level playing quarterback for sure. So, Mike, I had Kansas head coach Lance Leipold on the program earlier this week, and he admitted that this was his favorite part of the interview. I bring this up because he also has a team that's off to a 4-0 start, and he joined me on the program. We discussed his approach with his players when they see the online speculation that he may be a candidate for a coaching opening. Listen, Mike, fact <laughs> is you've gone 13-4 and at Duke. The four losses have come by a combined total of 14 points you are in fact a hot coaching commodity so what kind of conversations do you have with your players when they hear your name connected with other high profile jobs yeah we we talk a lot in this building about what it actually means when you see things on social media and and we try not to put a lot of stock in that and um i tell people all the time when you're a college football coach you're either two things you're either doing well and someone else is hiring you or you're doing bad and you're getting fired and those things can probably change in the span of about seven days. And so, um, you know, we don't focus a ton on that stuff. That stuff's just noise to me. And, um, you know, you just don't put any energy into it. We got we got a lot of kids in this building that deserve our undivided attention, and we certainly give that all to them. Fair enough. You know, Mike, you mentioned that we talk a lot in the building about things that are said or things that the players might see on social media. I'm sure you're relating or you're referring to things other than just what might be being said about you and job speculation. What about social media? Like, like, do you encourage your players to use it, but use it carefully, not use it? I mean, it's inevitable, right? They're going to be in their phones. They're going to see things that probably make them feel not so good about themselves. What kind of conversations do you have with the players regarding social media? Yeah, I think there's a lot of levels of it. I think one is is we encourage our kids to get on there and brand themselves. And, and it's a day and age where that's really important. And so, you know, we support them, we educate them, we try to show them uh, how they can go out there and, and put themselves in an opportunity to, to earn money, to earn NIL opportunities, to brand themselves in the way that you would want to uh, in this day and age, the way social media can. But at the same time, I think there's, uh, we talk a lot about the mentions, right? Like, stay off the mention, stay off of what any random person on social media can post about you as an opinion, because uh, it's usually uneducated and it's almost always uneducated, no disrespect to anybody. And, and to, to let that get into your head for the good ones, for the bad ones, for any of it, I've just seen that really harm kids' abilities to focus on what they really need to focus on. And so we just talk honestly about what the good sides are, what the bad sides are. You know, we certainly don't tell them to stay off of it, um, but I do think there's some parts of it that can be really damaging the performance. Nailed it. I think That's exactly it. I would say that about anybody. I mean, honestly, anybody. There's a lot of people who have nothing better to do, and there's a lot of things about social media that are amazing, but there are a lot of things about it that are very right. unsavory and grimy and scummy, and you want to be careful where you go, man. Don't go to the bad neighborhood. Don't go to places where you know you might encounter right. trouble, right? Right. All right, so let me ask you before you right. go. No, there's no yeah. doubt. It's exactly. Yeah, go ahead. Mike. Finish that thought for me. 
No, I just, yeah, you're exactly right. And I, and I think it's, it's a day and age where social media plays such a large role. And, you know, we talk a lot in this building about mental health too. And and that's where a lot of the mental health stuff is coming from is, you know, this is really, really a, a strong opinionated world on social media and, and, and kids can't always handle that. Adults can't handle that. We got coaches who we try to get to stay off of it too, for the same reasons. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So before you go, you've got personal knowledge of what Notre Dame football is all about because you served as Brian Kelly's defensive coordinator in 2017. What challenges will the Irish present offensively Saturday, led by Sam Hartman, who you faced last season when he was at Wake Forest? Yeah, I mean, they're they're a big physical offensive line, and that's the thing that obviously they pride themselves on and, and they've been able to control the line of scrimmage in the majority of the games that they play. And they got four tailbacks that they're ro- rotating through. And I think all of them have NFL potential. And so uh, we're going to have our hands full, you know, they're going to obviously come in here and Sam's played a ton of football and feels like he's been in college forever. And, and, you know, it, it's going to be a huge challenge, but you know, our kids will be ready and we'll come out and we'll play one heck of a game Saturday night and see where it falls. So Mike, I appreciate you remembering that we had you on before the Clemson game. And then when we asked you again, Again, you came back because you remember that. My man, don't be surprised, knock on wood, if things go well again this weekend. You might be the first ever three-time guest in a five- or six-week period, but one thing at a time. Listen, really appreciate you, Mike. Thank you so much for doing it once again. Good luck this weekend. I know it's an enormous game, and it's great to talk to you once again. Appreciate it, Jim. And I'll tell you what, if me coming on with you three times means I've beat Notre Dame, I'm in. Hey, my man, you got it. All right, good luck with that then, Coach. Mike Elko joining us. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Generally, I'm about keeping it positive. Generally, I'm about seeing everything as a glass half full, except during this segment. Man, beef, complain, do whatever you want. Just make sure you get up in here. 1-800-636-8686. You know, we go back and forth. Sometimes I'll start the segment with the written beefs. In fact, for the most part, when we started this for a long time, it was exclusively written beefs because the call and beefs were not good. But the callers, you know, much like catchers and pitchers in spring training, the callers are catching up to the writers. So why don't we start with a call? one 800 636 First call, Arkansas. McKay in Arkansas. McKay, great to have you. What's your beef? I got a beef with Doug getting run three times yesterday. I could just hear Alvin behind the glass going, Duke, Duke, no, no, don't call. Do better, Douglas. Out. All right, so in case you missed that, I'll reset that very quickly. I don't want to get hung up. A guy got broken off three times in one call. He committed three jungle violations in a single call. That's a record. And I'm going to say I could slap that on a piece of wood, put some lamination over it, shellac it, and hang it up on the wall, and it's never coming down. Nobody will ever get run four times in one call. They might tie it and get run three times, but nobody's getting run in four times. Four times in one call. And that was Doug, not Doug. Let's go to San Antonio, Ed. Hey, Ed, what's your beef? (laughs) Hey, Jim. Yeah, my beef is Matt in Alaska. 
being all butthurt because his bear hunt got rained out. Dude, hey, Matt, I usually like your takes, but hey, I'm doing dealing with a record drought here in Central Texas, and you're all weepy because you and your campfire buddies got your circle of trust contest rained out? Come on. And really, how hard can it be to bear hunt in Alaska? Don't you just kind of just rub yourself with fish oil and set up picnic baskets? Come on, do better. And San Antonio, he makes me laugh. It's just his delivery. It was a moose hunt, not a bear hunt. A moose hunt. And, and what's easy? He's like, how hard could it be? Dude, have you ever seen a bear? Have you ever been around a bear? I have. When we were in Montana, I encountered a few bears. Scary as hell. When I was in Montana, we encountered a few moose. Also scary as hell. What do you mean, what, what's so hard about a bear hunt or a moose hunt? What's not hard about that? But because you're Ed in San Antonio, you get away with it. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Driftwood. Ben, great to have you. Ben, what's your beef? Thanks for the vine, Rome. Due to Old Trapper's offseason, I have more repressed beef than a methylene better help session. Got that, Duke? My chief beef is with diesel truck guy. We're in a climate crisis, and this guy is rolling around in his raised, whistling turbo diesel, modified so he can blow soot onto every bike, jogger, and Tesla he passes. Simmer down, diesel guy. War not being a Chiefs fan. Okay, Matt? I'm a Chiefs supporter. Unwar, Beauregard holding Matt and Fabian hostage since knockoff 29. I'm out. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Matt. Fabian's come around. I don't know what happened to Bob in L.A. I'm not making light of either one of those things because I have not heard from them. I, I don't want to have an ice-cold take if either one of those fellas are ice-cold. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Ann Arbor. Mike, great to have you. Mike, what's your beef? Julia Romeo, Semper Fi. My beef is with the NFL scheduling the Detroit Lions on three Thursday stupid games in the same season. Why is that bad, dude? All right. Personally, I'm into it. I can't get enough of the Lions. I love the Lions. I want to see the Lions get national run. In fact, I love the Lions on Thursday night because Thursday night typically sucks. I love tonight's game. Packers, Lions, Interdivisional rivalry. The line's been moving around a little bit, kind of floating back and forth. One, one and a half, two. The big head and I will break that down a little bit later on. The more TV time, the better for the Lions, personally. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Steve in Michigan. Steve, what's your beef? Sam, how you doing? Good, dude. You? I'm trashing the NFL and the Detroit Lions for blacking out a primetime road game. Uh, I've been a diehard supporter for 60 years with very little to cheer about, as you know. And uh, now when they're actually uh, doing halfway decent, uh, it's not on local TV. Yeah, that would be a drag. That would be frustrating. If you're a Lions fan, you've been through everything and most of it bad. So if you can't get a game, now that they matter, now that they're relevant, now that they're a threat, now that they're a contender, now that they're going up against Green Bay in a really important game, 
the winner of that game goes to three and one. That's an important early season game. Yeah, if I were a Lion fan and I couldn't find that game, I'd be pissed. That would be frustrating. Look at all the Lion conversations we're having. Hey, but then again, I did have Megatron on, right? I mean, I'm part of this. And you know why? I love them. Man, they're compelling. They're competitive. And it's a good game. Really good game. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Pomona. Anthony in Pomona. That's here in SoCal. Good to have you, Anthony. What's your beef? Hey, Jimmy. My beef is with my son for making me leave work early today because today he decides he's not going to wear pants at school. He comes out of the bathroom fully naked. I get a phone call and says, hey, you're going to have to come pick up your son. I'm like, what's wrong? Is he sick? Is he hurt? No, he wants to be naked all day. He doesn't want to put his clothes back on. Thanks, bro, because PTO is supposed to be used for this. Come on, man. Get together. When you leave the house, one rule, keep your pants on. I'm out. Anthony. I can remember that as a kid. I, I, I hate to say something disparaging about one of my parental units. But when I was a kid, I used to get migraine headaches pretty frequently, and it kind of sucked. And I remember being in high school before I could drive, and I had one, and no names mentioned. Mom had to come and get me, and she was none too pleased that I disrupted her workday because I had a, quote, another migraine headache. Man, she all but threw the aspirin at me. Get in the car. (laughs) I'm like, damn, Jan. Just throwing the extra strength bear at me. Like, don't you know your your father and I are trying to run a business here? And you keep having your little, your widow headaches? I'm like, actually, Mom, it's a migraine, man. It sucks. Good thing I left my pants on. Can you imagine if I'm kind of tripping around Calabasas High School with my pants off and a migraine? And Jan shows up. Bouncing bare aspirin off my head. Complaining that I disrupted her at work day because she had to come and get me. But now I get it. Now I get it. Let's go to Arkansas. Steve. Good to have you, Steve. What's your beef? Hey, thanks for the mind, brother. I have a beef with speed bumps, and I'll tell you why. It's not just the speed bumps themselves. It's the morons that won't just read the sign on the side of the road in the residential areas that say 25 miles an hour and go 40. So they put these speed bumps all over the place, and I have to go kaboom, kalunk, kaboom, kalunk. All through these neighborhoods, spilling my packages all over the side of my package car, slowing down my deliveries, again, because you people will not read. You will not follow directions. So people got to put barricades, speed bumps, all kinds of crap in the middle of the road to slow you down. Read the signs and follow the speed limit, please. Brother. Great job, Steve. Brother. I mean, brother. Brother. What's up, brother? Brother. They should drop some... Uh... Spike strips, too. Brother. 1-800-636-8686. You see what I mean? Normally, I take the phone calls until they take a turn and they start to go south. Less and less of that's happening. The callers are getting better and better, which means those of you who are writing are getting shut out. Let's go to Phoenix. Andrew. Andrew! What's up? What's your beef? Hey, Jim, I was at the doctor's this morning, uh, had my Fresh Lions gear on, met Jameer Gibbs' cousin. But anyways, my beef is sitting in the waiting room with uh, five or six other people, and there's always two or three that have their devices going for us all to hear 
while they're waiting. If you know what, I'm catching my drift, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm catching your drift. That's why when you go to a doctor's office or a dental office, there's generally a big sign that says no cell phones. No cell phones. Not like cell phones with Bluetooth earpieces or cell phones with headsets. Just no cell phones for that very reason. We don't want to hear your conversation. We don't want to hear you talking to anybody about anything. Man, leave the phone in your pocket, in your purse, in your car. Or if you have to thumb something out that's important, that's fine. But we don't want to hear your conversation. Did you mention Jameera Gibbs' cousin? Is that the name drop you went with? Jameera Gibbs' cousin? Scott Frost's dad thinks that's cool. Working hard? Working much for that name drop? Let's go to Syracuse. Edward in Syracuse. Edward, what is your beef? My beef is I get a ticket for talking on the phone. Some then people drive by with their dog hanging out the window in front of their steering wheel. It just blows my mind. I can multitask. Do you get okay? Let me ask you this Was it for talking on the phone or was it for talking on the phone without an earpiece? Talking on the phone without an earpiece. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Well, then, no, that's, that's definitely a fact. You know, when sometimes when a phone comes in, boom, boom. I had to answer the phone because I do uh, construction. And it just happens sometimes that I get caught. <laughs> exactly, my man. I got you, Edward. I'm on your side. I'm on your side. Like, a rule is a rule. But, dude, you're in construction and you're doing work and it's like, boom, boom, bada bing. Like, I got things going on. A phone call comes in. I got to take that phone call. I don't have time to connect my ear Bluetooth earpiece to the phone or go fishing around for my other ear pods. Boom, boom, bada, bing. I got to do business. Yet here's this idiot who's got a grown dog on his lap, and that's okay? Makes a pretty good point. Why is there not a rule against that? I understand why there is a rule about using your phone, but is he not wrong? Or is he not right? Like, a full, a big dog on your lap is every bit as dangerous as trying to operate a phone while you're driving, is it not? I'm with you, Edward. Let's go to Vince in the ATX. Hey, Vince, what's your beef? What up, Romy? Welcome back to the ATX. You have been missed. My Did... beef today is with those wannabe hosties that walk around parties or events with little toy dogs in their purse thinking they're all that. It's disgusting. Unless you're one of those skanks on Sex in the City, it ain't nice. I'll hook them. Vince in the ATX. Vince... This is why I'm so happy to be back in the ATX. Because I'm not sure I can get that from anywhere other than the ATX. War the ATX. Talking about people with their little dogs in their little purses. If it'll make you feel better, Vince, I live in the 949. I live in the bubble. I live in Orange County. You can't step off a curb without seeing some weirdo with their dog in their bag outside the house. Everywhere. Restaurants, malls, everywhere. Like the dog is an accessory. Used to be that the bag was the accessory. The purse was the accessory. I'm even fine with phone cases that are completely blinged out. But when did dogs become accessories? 
Let's go shopping for an accessory. What? Do you need a new purse? No, I need a new dog. I need a new Pomeranian. I mean, do, do you really have to bring the dog everywhere? I love animals. You know this. I'm an animal lover. I don't take the ragdoll legend with me anywhere, ever, except to the vet. I don't take him to Fashion Island. I don't take him to the Irvine Spectrum. I don't take him to Javier's. I don't take him to South Coast Plaza. I don't take him to the park even. I don't take him to the beach. The domestic cat stays in the house where it belongs. 1-800-636-8686. Let's go to Georgia. See, again, this is what I love about this segment. All 50 participate. We're getting beefs from all over the country. We go to Jack in Georgia. Jack, what's your beef? Hey, my beef is about talking about dogs. What about the dogs in the White House? Biden's 11 Secret Service agents. My goodness. What's with that? Yeah, it's a problem, dude. Uh, politics aside, I mean, partisan politics aside, dogs biting more than one person is not a good thing. I speak as somebody who was bitten by a dog recently. Still not a good thing. I look down at my left calf. I see dog teeth marks still. And that happened months ago. That was my last trip to Wisconsin. The neighbor's dog, the short version, because many of you heard this already. I'm minding my own business, walking towards the dock. And this dog out of the sky, seemingly, out of nowhere, is running at me. Like I'm a quarterback holding on to the ball too long. And this dude locked in on my calf. And I'm like, holy crap. I just got bitten by a dog for the first time in my life. I'm a 50-something-year-old dude. I've been bitten by horses. But never a dog. I love dogs. Now, I'm not going to hold this one dog accountable for every dog in the world. But I love dogs just a little bit less today. Because now when I leave my house and I go to my dock, I find myself looking around for that dog. Now that dog's in the back of my head because his teeth, old Cujo, is on my calf. That's a weird deal. And even stranger, I didn't feel quite right in the days thereafter. I'm like, eh, what is that? Is that the 42 or is that Cujo? I'm still not sure. It just sucked. Let's go to Jordan in Arkansas. Jordan, what's your beef? Hey, Ronnie, my beef is with the people that look inside their Kleenex after they blow their nose. Like, what are you looking at, you gremlin? Just throw it away, dog. I'm out. My man. Nice job. What are you looking at, you gremlin? Throw it away, dog. I'm out. That's a perfect beef. Succinct, tight, bam. Good one-liner. What are you looking at, gremlin? Let's go to Florida. We're having a good day on the phones. It's a good beef day on the phones. Florida, man. <laughs> Tony in Florida. Tony, what's your beef? Hey, Romeo. What's going on, brother? What's up, dude? Hey, my beef is I'm the carpool dad, and I pick up three hormone-fueled teenagers, and they always want to stop through the drive through for breakfast before high school. And then after they order their all special orders, a lady goes, would you like to round up with a dollar plus a change? And I'm thinking, no, lady, I'm ordering off the dollar menu for five kids and four of them aren't mine. 
And then out of the hormone-filled back seat that smells like Axe body spray, he goes, my mom always rounds up. And then I shoot a missile back at him and go, your mom's still in bed, sweetheart. That's all my beef, brother. My brother, Tony in Florida, well done. My mom always rounds up. Uh Uh-huh. Your mom is still in bed, sweetheart. I'm the one driving through. That was good. That was really original. Really original in the back seat where they all reek of axe. I've lived that life, dude. I've lived that life. Now I'm an empty nester. The the smell of axe is no longer wafting through my house anymore. Axe. Drakkar. That's the best part of being an empty nester. I no longer have to deal with that. Let's go to San Antonio. Mark. That's so much fun. Mark, what is your beef? Rome, glad to have you back in the 210. My beef might be breaking the man code, but guys that are on the phone while they're doing their business, how exactly does the other end of that phone call go? Hey, where are you? Out in nature at a waterfall? I don't know. All I can say, Rome, is it's been 10 years plus down here. Let me grab my, oh, there it is, orange slice and Capri Sun and Wimby, 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 pop, Wimby, 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 out. Nice job, San Antonio. It's so good to be back. So we've had two callers mentioned. Rome, it's good to have you back. We made it back to the ATX. We made it back to San Antonio. San Antonio was one of the most important markets ever in the history of the jungle. So it is great to be back. I would say, San Antonio, you haven't missed anything at all. We picked up right where we left off. But you missed a lot. Miss a little, miss a lot. But it is great to be back home in San Antonio. In fact, I love it. Let's try Pennsylvania, Jim. Hey, Jim, good to have you. What's your Thanks, beef? Jim. Jim, this is a sports beef with Jerry Jones. As a Cowboys fan, it's embarrassing at this point that Jimmy Johnson is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but not the Cowboys' ring of honor. If not for Jimmy masterminding the Herschel Walker trade, the Cowboys' Super Bowl drought would be 45 years instead of just 28. This is what jealousy and pettiness look like in Jerry's world. Thanks, Jim. Out. Bam. Exactly. It's so true. He just said it. This is what pettiness looks like in Jerry's world. Jealousy and pettiness. Normally, you know what I mean, Jera. Normally, pettiness in sports is kind of cool. Like when Steph Curry is petty, the petty king. That's awesome. Jerry Jones not putting Jimma. Jera not putting Jimma in the Dallas Cowboys ring of honor is the pettiest thing ever. Ever. The guy's a Hall of Famer through and through. He built that thing up. He won you your rings. You've said that you're going to put him in. Do the right thing, man. And don't do it posthumously, either for you or him. I want both of you alive when it happens. I want you alive so you can look Gemma in the eye and let bygones be bygones and thank him for what he did for your franchise. And I don't want you to wait for Gemma to be underground before you put him in there or one of your surviving family members puts him in there. Good point. 1-800-636-8686. We are working the phones hard and having success doing it. What do you like here, Tommy? Let's try Lou in Denver. Hey, Lou, what's your beef? Yeah, Romy, my beef is with people getting my name wrong. Especially slow. My name is Lewis, not Luis. Does it look like I'm sporting a wreck? Hey, hey, I'm on the phone. Sorry, bro. 
Okay, Lou. Lou, I think, is upset that people are calling him Louise when his name is Louis. My man, just go with Lou. It must be an issue of Louis being on his driver's license. I get that all the time. Where, like, what's your name, Jim Rome? Yeah, I don't know. Your license says James Phillip. I'm like, it, trust me, my name is Jim Rome. Yeah, but that's not what your license says. Yeah, I know. I Trust me, I am Jim Rome. Do you have other forms of ID? Yes. Yes. St. Louis. But then again, nobody called me St. Louis. Or Louise. Louis. We're going to keep this thing going? Let's do it. Let's go to Portland. Rob. Hey, Rob, what's your beef? Hey, I've been riding motorcycles and choppers almost my whole life. I'm tired of seeing these young kids wearing tennis shoes and skate shoes riding motorcycles. Tennis shoes are for tennis. Motorcycle boots are for motorcycles. Figure it out, dweeb. (laughs) Old school, Rob. There's a right way and a wrong way. Hog etiquette. All right, so Rob, if you're that pissed that these dweebs are rocking kicks and sneaks and tennis shoes, dude, I got a feeling that you'd be really pissed if somebody took a dump on your hog the way they did Terry Francona's. If wearing tennis shoes and riding a motorcycle is a reason to go, what's taking a dump on your hog? Dude, I'll bet you my man would rip his helmet off. Well, I don't know. Are there helmet laws there? He'd rip his helmet off and Miles Garrett you if you took a dump on his bike. Can we really make it all the way through this segment without a written beef? I think we're going to. Let's go to Colorado. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what's your beef? Hey, Rome. Thanks for the call. My beef is with my nephew. He wants to go bowling. I take him bowling. Then he wants to play arcade games. We play arcade games. And then he has the audacity to ask me for Chick-fil-A on the way home. It's like I just dropped a bag at the bowling alley. Now you want Chick-fil-A? Like, do you have Chick-fil-A money? That's my beef. I'm out. I feel you, dude. I just dropped a bag at the bowling alley, and now you have the audacity to ask for Chick-fil-A as well. What do I look like? Hemi Butler with a Bugatti? Come on, man. How about thank you? Thank you, Uncle Jeremiah. Thanks for hooking me up at the bowling alley. Come on, Unc. Shake yourself. Let's go to Chick-fil-A. He's like, I just dropped a bag at the bowling alley. Let's go to Youngstown. Youngstown is an underrated, overlooked market. For a long time, we've been on the air in Youngstown. It's good to hear from Youngstown once again. Jim, great to have you. Jim, what is your beef? Oh, Jim, I got the ultimate beef with a coworker. The guy drives around with a handicap sticker in his car. His handicap is he's fat. Because you know what he does for a living? He's a mailman. What the hell you got a handicap sticker for? Yeah, maybe not the ultimate beef with a coworker, but I sense your frustration. I mean, are you a mailman, a male person also? Are you saying that you drive around and that's why he's fat? Is he not walking around fat? and delivering the mail? I, I don't know. He had a problem with that. We're going to run this thing to the bottom. There is no reason, Tommy, to switch over to the written beefs. That'll happen. That'll happen. This is why if you write your beefs, you might want to take a shot. I mean, be strategic about this. You might want to take a shot on the phones. The phone callers are getting more and more preferential treatment and run during this segment.
go to Orchard Park. David, good to have you. What's your beef? Uh, Jim, I tell you, this Kelsey Swift hype is driving me nuts enough already. Now I hear that the Jet players are excited about her coming to their game on Sunday night. Hey, newsflash, Jet players, you're playing the Super Bowl champions. Get a life. You know what I think, dude? I think the Jets players know they're going to get their asses kicked. And they've got nothing to look forward to on the field. So they're just going to look up in the box and see if they can get a glimpse of T-Swift. They already know what's going to happen on the field. Yeah, people are starting to kind of wear on that. But that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Unless she breaks him off, that's not going to end anytime soon. Because you know he's not going to break her off. But we've seen her act before. And if you get on the wrong side of T-Swift or the Swifty Nation, it generally goes very badly. Because you know what she'll do. She'll sit down with a piece of paper, a notepad. She'll knock out some song, some revenge song that probably takes her 10 minutes to write. She'll track it. It'll go straight to number one. It'll sell 8 billion copies. And she'll shame, humiliate, and embarrass the hell out of you. Let's go to Mark in Montana. I like it. Mark, what's your beef? Hey, hey, Jim. My beef is with Jimmy Butler complaining about spending $145 to fill up his million-dollar Bugatti when I got an old Suburban that cost me $200 to fill up. Right. I'm out. Right. That's what I'm saying. Now, that's kind of what I was trying to say. You, you nailed it. He's like, hey, man, this is highway robbery. Bleeping $145 to fill up my Bugatti? With the price of gas right now, and especially cars that have enormous gas tanks, what doesn't cost 145 bucks? My car costs about 100 a little over 100 a You know, it used to be that the convenience station that I went to would just cut off automatically at 75 bucks, which I thought was kind of dumb. Like, I'm going to put 100 in. Why are you cutting me off at 75 that guy's right. That guy, that's somebody in Montana saying my old Suburban cost two bills to fill up. Why is Hemi complaining? Why is multi, multi, multi-millionaire Hemi complaining that it costs 145 bucks to fill up his million-dollar vehicle? I don't think many people are going to relate to that. One more to bring us home. We got to the bottom of the bleeping hour on calls alone. Got to go to Colin. Colin in the 805. I love it. Colin, what's up, dude? Rome, what's up, man? Thanks for the vine. My beef is with all these degenerates coming from the valley and just trashing our coastline. Take your McDonald's trash. Take your diapers. Take the rest of your crap with you and go home. We do not want you here. I'm out. Rack him. That's fair. And and I'm a guy that grew up in the Valley, but that's fair. If you degenerates from the Valley are littering the coastline with your McDonald's wrappers and your diapers and jacking with the beauty of the California coastline, get that crap out of here. I feel you, Colin. Because I've lived in both areas. I've lived in the 805. I've lived in the 818. I know exactly of what he speaks. There is garbage in the valley. And some people, I got a beef. I got a beef with any absolute moron that opens up their car window while they're driving 
or while they're parked and just throws their trash on the ground. You you are a different breed of a-hole, honestly. There's never a trash can that far away. Could you be any more disrespectful? Man, keep that garbage in your car until you get home, until you get to your next destination, until you get to work, and then walk your ass over to a trash can and just throw it away. I've never understood that. That is one of the most infuriating things ever. Anytime I go anywhere and I see like a fast food bag or I see a Coke with the lid off and the Coke all over the place, or I'll see some bag open up the door, lean out, and dump their coffee all over the pavement. Come on, man. Be responsible for your trash. I agree with that guy. That's a 31-minute beef segment if you need me. Nick Casario. Nick, brother, what's going on? How you doing? Romy, how we doing? Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Nick, it is so good to have you. I'm not going to lie, my man. I am really conflicted. Like, you have such a good thing going right now, and I can't wait to talk to you about your team. But there's a part of me that just wants to talk to you about the smack off and about the show. Like, I am conflicted. I can't lie. Which way do you want to go? If we didn't start there, I, I think I'd be really disappointed. Did Silk call today, by the way? Or when's the last time Silk called? So not yet. Not today, Checking dude. on old Silk. But no, we definitely have to talk about the smack off. I definitely listened to it. It was one of the best ones you've ever had shout out to all the callers. I know I had the golden ticket. Didn't want to use it. You know, it was, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I know Shawnee called left called Brad OG. I mean, a lot of great callers. I have Frady. I mean, it's, I love the show. I couldn't, I mean, it was one of the best things I listened to over the course of the summer. So uh, either I don't have a life or I'm really into the show. It's probably a combination of both. It's not, dude. You you definitely do have a life, but I appreciate how into the show you are. The one name you did not mention, Nick, your guy Jeff and Richmond. Now, you are used to peak performance. You are used to guys stepping up on the big stage. Jeff has in the past, but didn't this time. And I know you were looking forward to it based on his RSVP. Were you disappointed about the way he showed? Well, when it's game time, you got to show up. If you don't show up, then you got to go back to the drawing board and make some adjustments and improvements. No different than what we have to do here on a week-to-week basis. So maybe he needs to get in a weight room a little bit more and work on those pipes or find another luxury sled. But uh, maybe he'll show up better next time. Nick Casario is joining us. I appreciate you, dude. All right, so you moved on and you're past Jacksonville. You're all about Pittsburgh, but... There is so much to like about the way your team handled itself in Duval. What were your biggest takeaways from that big divisional win last week? I think the biggest takeaway was just really a great collective team effort. Uh, we got contributions in all three phases, offensively, defensively, and kicking game. A lot of players stepped up. We had some new players that hadn't played um, as well. But I think it just it shows the, I'd say the, the mindset and the attitude of this team, and it really starts with D'Amico. And his imprint that he's putting on the team, and very easily it was a started the season a little bit slowly. Um, you know, Baltimore game, and then the Indianapolis, who's a good team, didn't probably wait, play as well as we would have hoped. Um, but this week is really getting ready about getting ready for the next opponent, next opportunity in front of us. Um, regardless of the records, records do, really don't matter. It's as competitive a sport as there is, probably in the world. So it's about who can perform the best on that day with that opportunity. And it's really a credit to the coaches and the players just for the week of work and the preparation they put in. And it's good to see that hard work pay off with a, I would say, a great win, a great team win against a good opponent, um, which, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, we got to flip the page here and get ready for a really good team here 
um, coming into our building on Sunday in the Steelers. I get that, Nick, but I want to acknowledge that was a great team win against a very good opponent on the road, and I thought the team showed a lot of composure, a lot of grit, really nice win. You mentioned D'Amico. I want to ask you about D'Amico. Like, if we could go back to your coaching search, you knew it was not a question of if, but a matter of when he'd become a head coach, right? Either for you or for somebody else. He's got that great resume. He made a great impact as a player with the Texans. He's got that great defensive background that I know you were looking for. But was there anything during the process and during that, when you were doing your due diligence, that maybe you learned about him that you didn't already know that assured you, yet yeah, this is my guy? Yeah. Uh, again, you alluded to it. We, re- we really didn't know each other. We knew of each other um, at different points. We played against the Texans throughout my course, uh, my time in New England. And actually, he was with the Eagles. We happened to play them as well. So there was some crossover. But outside of that, we really didn't have a lot of connection. Um, but when you sit and talk with him, I'd say his leadership, his presence, his consistency, his day-to-day approach, um, he's upbeat, but it's sincere and he's real. And I think he re- his message resonates with not only the players, but the rest of the building. Um, from a player's perspective, he has a unique perspective that he's been in their chairs, so he's experiencing a lot of the things that they're going through, good or bad. Um, but I think his ability just to connect with the team, connect with the players, and message the team on a consistent basis, here's the expectations, here's what's expected, here's the standard, and if we're not upholding that standard, everybody's held accountable. So I'd say – the organization had a, a background with him and knew of him and everything that I'd say I heard about him as a player um, has kind of manifest itself. And honestly, it might be better than anticipated or expected. He's just a tremendous person. He's a tremendous human being. He's a great dad. Um, he's a great husband. Uh, he cares about family. He cares about his family. He cares about our family. And, you know, we're in kind of the, the infantile stages here, sort of putting the building blocks in place. Hopefully we can put a good foundation in place and then just build from week to week, from year to year, and just try to put together a consistent product that the city of Houston can be proud of. Hey Nick, you know, what you just said to me is very interesting. Like, you've been in this thing long enough to know. Was there a point in time where you really didn't want your coach to be about anything other than the job, the gig, the preparation? You know, back in the day, Joe Gibbs would nap it out on a cot at the facility. You just mentioned the thing about D'Amico is he's, he's a good father. He's a good husband. He's good with the family. He's good with our family. Is that what you're looking for right now? More balance? And guys, that are not only about prep and the team and the game? The reality is, look, everybody in this league works hard and you get to this level through hard work and grit and determination, all those qualities that I would say are important. But the reality is life is, it's about balance. And we invest a lot. We invest a lot of time. We invest a lot of energy on an individual basis, but we're only as good as the people around us. And if you don't invest in relationships, if you don't, if you don't invest in your family, that relationship is probably not going to improve or get better. So you have to put in work just like you do anything else. So we have to be diligent. We have to be purposeful about our work. I think it's also about being efficient with your time. I think one of the things that I've learned, there's probably a lot of time that gets wasted. So show up with the right mindset, with the right attitude, put the work in when it's time to walk away, walk away, refresh. And really from a um, health and wellness standpoint, I mean, I don't, I don't say like it's an in vogue thing, but your health is important. So if you want to be ready to go on Sunday, you want to have a fresh mind, you want to be alert, you want to be ready to go, you have to make sure that you prepare yourself accordingly during the course of the week. So um, in the end, it's about the work that you put in, but it's the content of the work. It's the um, it's not necessarily the amount of work, but it's the efficiency of work. And are you putting the right work in? 
Um, and that's no different for coaches, no different for players. So I think we all have to, I would say, look at from look at it from that perspective. And I think it's important. Um, it's important sometimes to take a take a deep breath, kind of take a step away. And it allows you to recalibrate, um, which is necessary. So we talk to our players about recovery during the course of the week here, the things that you need to do to get yourself ready to go. It's no different for coaches. So I think you have to put all that, you know, on a table and it's important in the end, everything is important that you do. Um, you got to pick your spots, but you know, it's, it's about being as well-rounded um, in life as possible. And I think D'Amico messages that to the team on a consistent basis. He wants to see them not only succeed on the field, but be, be good husbands, be good sons, be good fathers. And I think that, that consistency of the messaging um, it resonates with the players and the people in the building on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that's very authentic coming from you, Nick. If I'm not careful, I will kind of veer off out of the way and turn this into a reinvention project pod episode, which I don't want to do. Well, I mean, I want to do it, but the listeners, <laughs> I know want to know more about the team before I let you go. Nick Casario joining us, but I appreciate those comments a lot. So you've got this young head coach who gets it and he's building relationships. He's got this great energy and you've got a young, dynamic, hard-charging quarterback as well who potentially can be great. I love, love, love what I've seen from C.J. Stroud so far. What do you make of what you've seen from him in his first three starts? Yeah, from the day that I'd say C.J. walked in the door and really the, the rookie class as a whole, they've had the right attitude. They've had the right mindset. Um, I'd say we were convicted with the people that we brought in the building. Um, and I think it's important. Like, you just have to be yourself. You have to be who you are. You have to be true to yourself. Be about be, be what you're about. If you're about the right things and you want to see a consistency, I would say on a day-to-day -day basis, but I would say his work ethic, his mindset, and I would say his overall just competitiveness, he wants to win. Like winning is important. And a lot of people say that w winning is important, but is it truly important? Do you do the things on a day-to-day -day basis? Do you have enough confidence? Can you handle the tough situations? Can you handle the adversity? We play in a hard league. It's not going to go your way. I would say the league is basically built to be eight and eight. So you're going to face some adversity. You're going to lose football games. There's very few teams that have gone undefeated. I've been fortunate to be a part of one of them that did in the regular season. But you're going to lose games. It's hard. You're going to have to deal with things. You're going to have to face things on a day-to-day -day basis. But I think the willingness to sort of attack those and take those head on, I would say, is certainly a part of CJ's mindset and the, the rookie class, I would say, overall as a group. And we have a good mixture of younger players who are playing a lot of football with a lot of established veterans from winning cultures who understand what it looks like from Robert Woods to Jimmy Ward to Jerry Hughes. I know Jerry's been here, but Jerry was affiliated and part of programs. So we have this balance and mixture of younger players along with experienced players that have come from winning programs. And in the end, it's about the 53 players in the locker room. They're going to have to rely on each other on a day-to-day -day basis. We can only do so much as a coaching staff. We can only do so much from a front office perspective, but in the end, it's about the players. So we just have to make sure that we're giving them the tools and resources that they need to be successful. But, um, you know, CJ has embraced the opportunity that's in front of him, and he continually has improved, um, I'd say, from the time that he walked in the building in May to, to this point. And hopefully that that improvement continues over the course of the season. You know, obviously, Nick, I loved what I saw from him in college. And then I sat with him on Radio Row during the week of Super Bowl. And then I loved what I heard from him. Like, he's got that it. He's got that edge. He shows up the right way. Like, I could not have been more impressed. So I'm not surprised by his early success. You know, Nick, you hear so much about the Patriots' way. And you spent 20 years there. So I think it's fair to bring up. There's the Patriots' way. Have you been where you are now long enough to establish 
a Texans way, or does that not really take hold until you get wins? Yeah, winning is a big part of it. I think regardless of the culture, the way, whatever that is, sometimes those things are more for the outside folks outside the building. They want to try to establish some kind of vernacular or verbiage as as, um, pertains to a program. But in the end, in order to have a good program, it's about winning. It's about work. It's about the right mindset. And it's, it's about the right attitude. So you start with those components. And in the end, the wins hopefully will reinforce that you're doing the right things. You can still be doing the right things and you end up with a loss on Sunday, well, does that necessarily mean you have to shift the arc of what you're doing? No, not necessarily. This league is about who fixes problems and finds solutions. So really it's more of a mindset and a work ethic more than anything else. So whatever people want to call that, I think we're just trying to build the Houston Texans football team for the 2023 season. That's where our focus is with a heightened awareness on the next opponent on Sunday, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then, you know, after the Steelers game, then we'll turn the page to the next team that's in front of us. So I think in the end, it's about purposeful work on a day-to-day basis with the right mindset and the right attitude. And really the mantra, you know, D'Amico's mantra of swarm, special work ethic and relentless mindset, that sort of permeates the building. So when you're trying to just build something and put something in place, you start with the foundation, you start with the right attitude, you start with the right mindset, and then hopefully the wins will be a byproduct of the work that you put in. On a, on a regular basis. So mindset's one of my favorite words. You've mentioned that so many times. I would love to follow up there, but let me ask you about Pittsburgh before I let you go. You, they've, you've, they're coming in, and you know, you've got the jungle karma. Nick, as far as I'm concerned, the karma is worth at least a field goal in my book, especially as it relates to you, <laughs> but you do have to deal with T.J. Watt, who's obviously a terror. Kenny Pickett had his first multi-game or touchdown game of his young career, and you know what you're going to get with Mike Tomlin. You're going to get a team that's got the right mindset, a team that is prepared. They're coming in. Other than those things, what other thoughts do you have about the Steelers coming into your place this weekend? Yeah, they're a good football team, Jim. You mentioned Kenny, um, TJ. I mean, TJ is arguably the one or two best defensive players in the league. He's one of the best players in the league. So each week, the team is going to present problems. TJ presents problems. Um, Highsmith presents problems on the other side. And then Kenny has played well. He played well last year. So they're improving. They have a lot of good skill players. I think you know, I was fortunate to be a part of a good program for a number of years. I would say, you know, to compete when we competed against the Steelers, you're talking about a, another model program, model of consistency. And what Mike has done, what Coach Tomlin has done, you know, not have a losing season for as long as he's been a head coach. I mean, that says it all right there, just about consistency and, and what you're trying to put in place. So, um, you know, it's a big challenge in front of us. I think our players are excited about the opportunity here. I think CJ made a few comments yesterday that um, alluded to that, but you know, we're respectful of the opponent, uh, but we also embrace the challenge that's in front of us. And you know, hopefully we can go out there and play good football against a good team on Sunday. You know, Nick, I, I, I want to be really respectful of your time, but this is a big year for us as well. Smack Off 30 is coming up, all right? That's a legacy <laughs> Smack Off 30. I, I don't want to mess with I do the have the golden ticket, so... Yeah. Hey, listen, you've got your golden ticket. You you have a lifetime exemption. Like you, you can either not use that ticket. You can't sell it. You can't transfer it. It's yours. You will always I'm not have sell it. it. You can't sell it. But I, I wonder, I may have to strategize with you. Like, what do we do for number 30, right? If you want to innovate and you want to evolve and you want to morph because like your game always changes, our game should change. I may have to hit you up on that because I know you have very specific thoughts about the smack off because 30 is a big number. <laughs> I'm all there. Look, you might have to take a page out of Mark and Boston's playbook. I mean, he shows up in Wisconsin in Caleb's barn and then rips the belt from him. So 
maybe there's an offsite component that's involved here in some capacity, but we can strategize about that. After that, that that's why you are who you are, dude. What was your reaction to that guy? Not only going into the defending champs house, doing so unannounced and in a cow outfit. It's all about creativity. So it's all about coming up with the unexpected. So maybe we come up with something unexpected on Sunday against the Steelers. So maybe we have a gas or something, but, uh, Sometimes you got to think outside of the box. So credit to Mark and his ingenuity and his creativity. So which not sure that those terms would be associated with a lot of clones in the jungle, but uh, credit to Mark for doing that. The champ, man, definitely with the champ. So on a personal level, I got to say that there are other high level executives that I know in your sport and others that listen to the program, support the show privately, but brother, nobody, given our long history, nobody is up front with the knowledge of the show. Even your support of the reinvention project with Jim Rome, I consider you next level, Nick. So I can't say how much I appreciate the relationship, the friendship. It's good for our look. It's good for the show look. I really Really appreciate you, man. Good luck this weekend. And it's great to have you back on, Nick. I do appreciate you. Absolutely. Love you, Romy. Congratulations on the project and uh, reinvention project. I've enjoyed every second of it. So best of luck. And you're doing a lot of listening to you, man. Did I or did I not say at the very top of the program we were going to have a day now? We had a day and a half now. I can't believe that that beef segment morphed spontaneously into the biggest beef of all. When ordinarily that thing just kills. And it did kill. Anyway, without any further ado, by now I think you've probably figured out what our routine is. Thursday Night Football means we have another version of Big Head Bets with our very own Big Head himself, James Kelly. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the head, his cranium is enormous, his ability to murder the English language unparalleled, but his ability to pick games and get you paid among the best in the business. I know you, Head. You are very structured. You're very regimented. You have a schedule. Very sorry that we jacked with your schedule as badly as we did today. All well, good, Jim. You. I'm more mad about you not mentioning another celebrity going to the CU v. USC game on Saturday. That would be me. I'm going. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Yes. I thought that I had everybody. So you are going to the CU game. My first CU game ever. And I've been around here about 30-some years. Why have you never gone to a CU game? You're like an enormous fan. You're a big sports fan. You've been there three decades. How is this your first? Well, they sucked ass for about 20 years. And then when I was younger, they were really good. But I kind of like the U better than CU. So full honesty right there. Which the real U, Miami? Yes, loved Miami back in the day. Have you ever? Did you go to a Canes game before you went to a Buffs game? I don't think so. No, I don't think I've ever been to a CU game. Uh-uh. All okay. right, uh, Miami game. Sorry. So, did Coach Prime invite you himself, or did you buy a ticket, or because I know you pirate all your bleep? So, how's this going to work? Are you going to pirate this ticket? My real celebrity friend actually bought me a ticket here, Cheryl Underwood. She is flying out for this game this weekend, so she bought me and a couple other guys tickets to bring you us up. You know here. Cheryl? Yes, I do. Very, Cheryl very well. Cheryl knows you? <laughs> she loves me. Cheryl likes you? She loves me. Cheryl loves invited you. you to the game. Yeah, she in, in June, before it became popular, she went what? online and bought about five tickets worth about 800 bucks a pops, two rows up, and said, we're all going to Boulder. To see Coach Prime. I think she knows um, uh, Dion's mom or something. Wow, dude. All right. So, okay, you're going to hang out. Why don't you find Logues and check on him for me? Because 
I only go by what he snaps me, and I know he only snaps me what he wants me to see. I can't believe it's real. I'll can, find him. Can you I'll check on your godson? Yeah. <laughs> I will run him down. All right. Run, run his, his ass, ass down. down. There you go. All right. So generally, Thursday night matchups blow. The matchups typically are not that interesting. And as you'd expect, the level of play is whack because players do not have enough time to recover and prepare on short weeks, except that I think that's not the case tonight. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm all about it, Head. Lions v. Packers. Lots to like about both teams. Somebody's coming out of this 3-1. and one. The line has been moving around this week. Mm-hmm. What is the line now? What are you doing with it? I'm going with the Lions and laying the now two points on the road. It moved down to two right now. But I think Cannibal and his Lions are motivated and looking to send a message and beating some ass here tonight. doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. See that? One ass cheek, three toes. I'm trying to figure out what that means. What does that mean? I don't know. If you don't get it, who would? What? sounds like a porn or something. I don't know. Three ass cheeks. Our one ass. Don't go Three there. Toes. Okay. That that's not necessary. Tyreek's work afterwards. That's Anyways. it. Anyways, that's it. Okay, I'm done. Um, I'm taking the Lions. You're never to do done, it. dude. Don't tell me you're done. You're never done. <laughs> now I'm done. I think my points here. I think the Lions do it by finally getting their running game going and helping Jared Goff out here. This season, the Lions are about a yard per attempt lower than a year ago. But Ben Johnson's brilliant mind and the Packers' weakness is stopping the run. Also, the big advantage is Goff over Jordan Love tonight. This season, the best quarterback the Packers have seen was emotional Derek last week before he was injured. <laughs> Goff be is bet that guy right there. Of all that effort, emotional this Derek. This is me off. Yeah. This is a lot of guys off. It's hard. Wait, dude, you're gonna it's crack a guy for caring? <clears throat> Some guys are. No, I, I love it. I love emotion. Like I said, just and he's got a lot of it. Dude, you don't love the, emotion. The you have none. Sleep at night. I have a lot of emotion. Like you have so none. Be there for each other. When was the last time you expressed any emotion towards anything, in either in public or private? When? A couple decades. When? 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 When uh, Bella B. When Bella B. Said, "Where's my big head?" Yeah. That's when. That's probably it, right okay. there. Uh, point being, though, Goff is better than that guy, and his offense is, a, offense is a hell of a lot better than the Bears, Falcons, and Saints. And Love, he's looked good for a guy just getting started, but his accuracy has not been on point. Sorry. Among starters, he is uh, the lowest adjusted completion percentage of any quarterback in football, worse than Tiny Hands and even Justin Fields. And only the Coog Hunter has a lower completion percentage in standard stats than Jordan Love does. He also has a worse rating on throwing the ball 20-plus yards, and that's not Dude, good. Dude, I've never heard game. you throw so many analytics and metrics and stats of that I sort of round. I, I just saw him as leading a lot of bad ones, hidden in-depth ones i would say yeah you found some yeah and all it's right. not good when he doesn't have a running game so that's not good at all as well for the packers tonight ats dan cannibal is oh, 10 and 2 atsv division 14 and 4 v 500 or better opponents that's in play tonight and the best cover rate in football at 67 percent since he started biting kneecaps in 2021 going with the kings of the new uh new nfc north here don't bag the deuce, Jim. Lay it like Najee. Lions minus two. Dude, keep Najee out your mouth. The Kings, the new Kings of the North. Are you ready to crown their ass already? I am. If they win tonight, I am. You love keep them, dude. I you love, love them. I love them for a while now. All right, so I would lay out all of my analysis. Well, first of all, what about health? There's a lot of quality guys on both sides of the ball yes. that we're not sure about. What mm-hmm. about the right side of or the left side of the line for the Packers? I believe both of those guys will be out. Uh, question is right tackle, but I think he'll probably go, Tom. Right side, my bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bakhtiari, not going to go? Not going to go. 
Aaron Jones? Uh, questionable. I think he's going to go. You know, what, how can we get through this without mentioning Amon Ross St. Brown, my favorite human being? Dude, <laughs> how is it that this guy's not been on this program? I mention him every single week, either on this show or a pod or both. He's a SoCal kid, A SoCal too. guy, too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. God, we'll I love JT him. JT Daniels, his former high school teammate, before we get him. Rice, right? Yeah, Rice. I love Amon Ra. God, I love that guy. All right, Same. so before you go, mm-hmm. first of all, I'm with you. I'm going to lay the points. I'm not going to give you a bunch of reasons why because we're short on time. Okay. I'm going to lay the points. I'm with you. I'm taking the Lions. I feel pretty good about that. Do you see anything in the way of props that you like tonight? Yeah, I got two of them here. Jordan Love over 16 and a half yards rushing. A year ago, the Lions were in an NFL worst and allowing 700 yards rushing to opposing quarterbacks. The next closest was 525 yards by the Dolphins. This year, they've been better, but Love is mobile and has gone over that mark two of the three he games. He led them in rushing last week. Yes, exactly. And over 16 and a half yards, so that's worth a flyer there. Also, I'll go with uh, everyone here, it seems. Luke uh, Musgrave, over 37 and a half yards receiving the tight end for the Packers. He's good. The Lions have allowed the most receptions to tight ends this season. Musgrave is a threat with his speed and separation skills. He had eight targets on Sunday. If he gets half those, I think he goes over 37 and a half yards. I like him a lot, and more importantly, Jordan Love likes him a lot. What about Christian Watson? Are we going to see him tonight? I I think we are, right? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Which will help Musgrave. All right. So you got a couple of props. You got the game itself. Mm -hmm. What about, let me ask you, the blockbuster that we saw in the NBA, it's going to have some wide-ranging effect, I think, on the NBA. Mm -hmm. What has it done to betting markets, and have you hit anything there yet? The betting markets did exactly what they should have done, make the Milwaukee Bucks the favorite to win it all. DK has it right here. The Bucks are the plus 390 favorite to win it all, followed by Denver, Boston, and Phoenix. And really those four teams, in my opinion, are the class in a class by themselves in the NBA right now. I mean, you could hit three of the four if you wanted to and make a profit right there. I hit the Bucks yesterday at plus 70 or plus 750 before the odds flipped. The second you said Woge Bomb, I jumped all over it, dude. Jerk. I can't believe you got them at plus 750. Good move, Head. Yeah. The second you said Woge Bomb, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, let's go. You you didn't even wait to find out, did you? You heard Woge Bomb and you went right to DK. I I went right there. But, you know, it has bit me in the ass sometimes. I did the same thing with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. So see how how good that worked right there. All right. So good job. Run J-E-T-S. Yes, yes, yes. Jets, run it all back. What do you got tonight? Um, Lions minus two at Green Bay. Props, Jordan Love over 17.5 rushing yards. Luke Musgrave over 37.5 yards receiving. And you could take any three of those NBA teams if you wanted to and make a profit. So do you like Bella creeping on you like that? Or are you kind of creeped out by her creeping on you like that? I love it. I love Bella. She's a fan. She's great. She promotes I my stuff better you than you. You know what? She mm-hmm. does. She actually, she promotes, well, okay, she promotes you more than anybody or anything else on the program, <laughs> but she's all about the show. <laughs> she is. She loves the show. She Loyal. Yep. All right, Head. Have yourself a day. Thanks for being patient. Appreciate the insight. Let's make some money. See you tomorrow. Good night now.